I just started thinking, I'm gonna start choosing. Even if I'm wrong, even if I'm, like you said, messy, mm -hmm. even if I, you know, even if I fail, I'm gonna start doing things differently. Welcome to the Wild Visionary Podcast, where I encourage everybody to tap into that untamed wild part of ourselves, where we can create just like we did in childhood and build and believe in something that maybe nobody else can see right now, but we can step into the identity of being a visionary, a future-focused leader, creator, and entrepreneur. I'm Audra Bartlett, a multi-passionate, multi-business entrepreneur. I'm a mom to a Pisces kid and a pit bull mix dog, and I'm here to shake things up, to talk about all things expanding your mind, finding resources that are right in front of you, and teach you how to be a Jedi of problem solving, just like I am. So welcome, Wild Visionary, where we will bridge the gap between I can't see it for me and becoming and embodying everything about being a wild visionary. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have a really special guest here today. And this is a really kind of interesting and unique experience because this is my first time doing a live recording. So uh, Deborah is here with me in my office and we're doing video and I like to say I just always do things initially a little scared and a little messy and I figure it out from there because it's always the first time right I got to do the first time live in person with video and then each time after that we can learn we can grow and she was willing to to come and and meet me here the other really cool thing is that um uh, she and I have been Facebook friends for years, probably like five ish years. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And we're both very active and like loving on each other, like giving positive comments. Yeah. Like I've been a witness to some really cool things that you've done. And so I just jumped in her DMS and was like, Hey, would you like to have this interview? Because I find you to be a real inspiration, Thank you. like just living brave and authentically and out loud and unapologetically. And I think more, <laughs> and more, more people need to be able to find a way to do that and to really embrace their life. Um, so this is really less of, you know, I do a lot of business conversations. This is not a business conversation. This is a being engrossed in the, the raw, nature of your your life the other part of it the part that feeds what you're doing what your work is um and so we have deborah i can't say your name apparently i can if you yeah like yeah she's gonna introduce herself today that's gonna be great we're just doing it whatever i am deborah howell sharice yeah it's really great to be here i'm yeah. also a big fan of yours oh well thank you yeah I always like to start these out with that meet cute because I say that, um, you know, meet cutes are usually reserved for romantic movies mm -hmm. um, where like one person meets each other, they fall in love, it's really cute. But I always say I love my life and I love the people in my life, right? And I'm so grateful. So like, why can't I talk about the meet cute for every person I meet? Um, and so I kind of told you a little bit of everybody a little bit about like how I saw you and I originally had met Deborah's husband 
years, eight, eight, nine years ago um, when I had my bakery. And I think that's how I ended up getting connected with you because I think him and I were friends. And then I saw you and I was like, I got, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch what's happening here. Um, and so a lot that, of people did that. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, that. you're, you're interesting <laughs> husband, but like, what about her? Like, let's check her out. So um, just started following you and, and it's just been a consistent thing. And I have just been so filled up by watching you. And so that's kind of my, my thoughts about you. And I always like to ask, like, do you want to share anything about your first impression um, as you started to kind of see me through that lens? So I remember um, seeing you and at that time I was trying to be a little bit more expansive about accepting friend requests from people I didn't know. And I have a great story about how that resulted <laughs> in me having a husband that we can talk about a little yeah. bit. But so, you know, I, I I accepted the friend request and then I just, I really liked the energy that you were putting out into the world and the way that you were exploring your life and life in general. And I have really enjoyed watching that even through social media. Yeah. Which has made me not unfriend you. I do this horrible <laughs> thing, y'all. I swear I'm a great person, but um, on Facebook, when you get every day, it's like, here's whose birthday it is. Mm -hmm. And that's how I keep my friend list fresh. <laughs> I look at that and I go, I don't actually want to wish that person a happy birthday. And so what they get from me that year is unfriended. <laughs> You're like, happy birthday. You're not for me. You're not for me. Bye -bye. Oh, boy, goodbye. So, um, but that has never happened to you because I just, Great. I watched you, I watched you just keep, you know, soaking in your life and molding it and evolving it. And as I like to say, soul questing, just like I do. Yeah. yeah I, my piece is coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll, hopefully I still make the cut, right? <laughs> I think you're good. Think okay. You're good. <laughs> well, we'll see how today goes. But, actually. you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I mean that, I actually was thinking about that recently because, you know, you sometimes just get people on there that you're like, why are you even, why are you here? Why are you here? Like there's billions of people in the world. And it's not to say that like everybody has to like what I'm doing. Absolutely not. There's probably people right now that don't say that they, you know, they don't like what I'm doing and that's fine. I'm okay with that because I'm not for everybody. I'm a strong personality 100%. Same. But like, it always amazes me the people that like hang out in the space and they're like really hating on people and you have 100% permission to unfollow me unfriend me leave my world like if you feel that strongly you're just continuing to like make your world worse because you're getting aggravated like yes. I'm not bothered by you not liking me you cannot like me no I mean I don't wish anybody ill mm -hmm. I just I wish them a nice life elsewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> just mm -hmm. bothering somebody else that yeah. they don't like <laughs> you know my Angelou used to say you can tell the people who are rooting for your rise mm. and I try to keep hold of the people who I can tell are rooting for my rise right mm -hmm. and I in turn am rooting for theirs yeah and if you're not yeah. Have a nice life somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. And I think this also speaks to uh, the energy that we, we have, right? Because never having met and then meeting each other, it's like you can feel somebody's energy through that. And you can feel when somebody's not showing up as themselves or pretending to be something else Absolutely. or 
that they have some sort of negative intent. And so people think sometimes it's just pictures and words or, but we have all had the experience where somebody came into our DM for whatever reason, it could have just been to sell us something, right? Mm -hmm. And the energy to which they did it made us feel icky. Yeah. So I think that also speaks to like the our openness, our open hearts, our perceptiveness to what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm grateful that, you know, we were able to connect Me over too. these years because I think it also, you know, it's also something where we don't actually know the way that somebody is affecting our lives, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or other people's lives or like how us just living out loud can send that kind of reverberation through. Like someone you know, I'm pretty bold and I, you know, I comment and say things, but there's somebody that's like looking at you and never said anything and probably never will say anything ever, but they are inspired and they may have done things to take action or to change their life without you ever even knowing. And I think that's like, that's the power of showing up. That's the power of being visible. That's the power of claiming it, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and so I really want to hear your story, like how you got to this place and kind of the evolution of like, you know, have have you always been super bold? You know, <laughs> have you were there were there parts in childhood where you were bold and then you kind of lost it? Like, tell me your story. So I think if you asked like my friends and family they would say I've always been bold mm -hmm. or brave or outspoken, but I didn't always feel it. And I know that I often lived for other people's approval or validation. I got a big people pleaser streak in me, you know, that childhood trauma overachiever. I have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I have that so much. And then, um, you know, just some ups, a lot of ups and downs, having to just keep rebuilding myself. And then when I was, uh, it's about 40, 40, 40, 41, mm -hmm. my mom um, got early onset Alzheimer's and she was 62, which is really young to mm. start losing who you are. And I had already been you know, I'd done a lot of therapy for the, for the childhood trauma, mm -hmm. you know, so I was feeling like a whole person, but not really knowing what do I really love? What do I really want? What do I really, all of these things, you know, and her diagnosis really struck me. And then I learned that early onset Alzheimer's under, un, unlike regular Alzheimer's is genetic. Mm. So if she gave it to me or my brother, yeah. You know, and I'm counting 21 years, you know, like at that point, you know, and I, that's no time at all. That's just mm. none, none time. And it really, I really started experimenting with life yeah. and what I was doing and what I wanted. And I was, I was married at the time and to someone who I, I loved and he loved me, but I, 
gained to realize I began to realize that he was no longer in love with me mm. right yeah he was in love with the way I took care of him and the way I made our lives work and you know all of these things he cared for me but he was no longer in love with me and I thought don't I deserve more like even if I never find it Mm-hmm. Don't I deserve more? Don't I deserve someone who wakes up every day? And I was like, I can't fucking believe I'm married to this woman. Yeah. Damn, Ooh. damn, girl. How did I, how did I pull that? I don't know, but I'm so great. And I want to feel that way about somebody too. Yeah. And I, so I was edging my way towards divorce. I was also letting go of friendships that were just, you know, we we're talking about energy, just like mm-hmm. those energy vampires where yeah. I just which everyone goes through phases, sure. right? Where you're giving, you know, it goes like this, but this is the never, you know. Yeah, like, they're, they're never giving. They're never always giving. taking, yeah. And just giving myself permission to let those things go as I'm caring for my mother, you know. Um, it got to a place where my my dad could not handle it anymore. My mom needed to go into care. And so I had to take her. So they were in North Carolina. I'd bring her up here, um, get her care and take care of her and, and at the same time, I'm, I'm I'm ending this marriage while I was also like getting off of boards that didn't serve me, like all of these ways in which I needed to be this overachiever, like, look at me, validate me, look at me, validate me in ways that didn't bring me joy. Mm-hmm. It was like Marie Kondoing my life, right? Like I had Marie Kondoed my house, and, um, which I still love, you know, You're like, like, keep going. I just like, I'm like, yeah, does this bring me joy? No. Oh, sorry. That was a person, you know, but <laughs> Um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> whoops. and uh you know some big changes had happened at a job I'd been at for 20 years and they decided to like centralize that function but not me mm. and it's it there's all these just like I was just in this weird limbo land of a place and I just started thinking I'm gonna start choosing even if I'm wrong, even if I'm, like you said, messy, Mm -hmm. even if I, you know, even if I fail, I'm going to start doing things differently. Mm. And I did. I did. And I was encouraging my husband to end the marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and he wouldn't baby. Well, he took care of him. It sounds like (laughs) Like, there's a lot of, you know, studies have proven there's a lot of benefits for men to be married. There are. There are they fact, live longer. They live, women live less, but men live longer. Like, like, the, the scales are really tipped. They are. You know, and my son was grown at the time. Like all of these things. And I'm just like, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. What if at 62, I'm sick and I start losing who I am? Mm. You know, as my, and you know, mm. I don't know, several years have gone by at this point. And so I'm, I'm I'm ending this marriage gently with love, like mm-hmm. making sure he's yeah. cared, like all of these things. Like a conscious uncoupling. Yes. Right? Yes. And this, I say boy, um, <laughs> sends me a, a, a Facebook friend request. Yeah. And harmless enough. Harmless <laughs> enough. But I was still at the point where I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't accept strange people, you know, but he was friends with like people that I really like and respect, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, he can't be that bad if Sam likes him. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> and so I accepted it. And like two, I bet, I think it was like two weeks later, I'm saying to my friend at work, I said, I, I think I have an internet crush on a boy. 
And because, you know, he's yeah. 15 years younger than me. Yeah. 15, you know, he has facial hair. I hate facial hair. He's a <laughs> DJ and an event, like all of these things. Like, like <laughs> this is not the, you know, but, you know, I'm ending a marriage and, you know, what's more, how do you get over one man, get under another, you know? Yeah. Kind of what that has facial right? hair gets you know, DJ. And, you're like... <laughs> and she says, well, send him a message. And I was women my age do not send boys messages on Facebook. <laughs> we do not do that, ma'am. And I was traveling. I did a lot of volunteer work for the army, mm-hmm. helping other families prepare for and get through and recover from um, deployments. And they had flown me to Minneapolis and Prince was my first love, mm. the the singer Prince. Yep. First love. It's a lot of people's first love. Oh, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. So but, yeah, and Prince I think speaks to like that unapologetic, he does, right? He's right. like that so much that example of yeah. like I don't care what you say I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm gonna do. And don't be afraid trying. of your sexuality yeah. and don't be afraid to let it all hang out and don't be afraid of that. And and I'm running around Minneapolis, you know, at every Prince thing I can do, touring Paisley, doing all these things, touring Paisley Park. And a friend of mine went with me to uh the house that they used for filming where he lived mm-hmm. in purple rain and she wanted to come with me and i was like look you can't be embarrassed you know when i just fangirl all over this place. and i'm on the ground going do i look like apollonia <laughs> you know <laughs> she's going the neighbors and i was like i i warned you right and it was turns out it was national dj month so i tagged him in a post about National D, I didn't even write anything. I literally was just like, at Don Mama Presents, right? Mm-hmm. That was it. And I'm hanging out in my hotel room later, and I I get a message from him that says, thank you for the love and support, you mm-hmm. know, from that tag. Yeah. And I bet you, I stared at that for five solid minutes. And then I wrote back, it's because I have an internet crush on you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know him you know everyone thinks he's this like out and he's not he's really shy and all these he's like what I'm I'm in blushing I'm in I'm all of these yeah. things and we started chatting and um I had plans that night instead of going out with my friends I stayed in and watched him DJ on Facebook live like mm-hmm. I was a starstruck 13 year old yeah you know I was just <laughs> and we made plans to get together when I got back I took a day off from work to go have lunch with him. And 10 hours later, I was like, I have to go home. Like, <laughs> One of those long days. So it's like, oh, yeah. And he was like, do you want to do this again tomorrow? I took another day off and did it again. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. And, and after that, like what, it, I don't know, something about what it took me to accept that relationship where I can, that's why I have yes tattooed on my mm-hmm. that's his handwriting yes I was I was gonna ask about yeah, that yeah so that's his handwriting and he has my handwriting that says yes because the very first that very first 10 hour lunch he was like I'm keeping you and I'm like Mm-mm, but you are not the guy for me right yeah. like you're you're <laughs> you're all the things I said you're no just, <laughs> you're you're not it you know and he would he would just keep saying yes until I'd be like you know, whatever. And I just sort of that yes vibe mm-hmm. just really started to resonate with me. And I remembered reading an article back in my late 20s, early 30s, early 30s, probably in some women's magazine, which I don't read anymore, by the way, because I just make you feel ugly. Yeah. Um, 
but it was a it was like a challenge to say yes to whatever you're at safety and consent in mind right mm -hmm. like, but to say yes for one month and I did that back then and I ended up on two very bad dates at the time I also ended up whitewater rafting on a class five rapids <laughs> You know, and the, and so something about that yes thing, like plugged back into that and what was going on to my mom with my mom. And I just started thinking, what else can I say yes to? Mm -hmm. Like, what else? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I, It reminds me of like that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard like the Shonda rhymes. Like I read year the, book, of, the yeah, year of yes. The year of yes. yes. And just like giving yourself permission to be like, yes, like I want to experience life. I want to like. I want to engage. I want to do this. And like, of course, safety in mind, like it also made me think of this, this movie of like yesterday or something where, where the, that, but but it, it was about like the kids were allowed to say yes. Right. Oh. But the kids made their parent go through the drive, uh, the, the car wash with the windows open. And I was like, I don't know if I'm like that kind of yes girl right. like like I just you know maybe yeah. not that but but a lot yeah. of the a lot of other things like you just end up like you know think because a lot of times where you know I've actually had a couple interviews lately where I say to question and like referencing like moms questioning why they say no to their kids for certain things but we can also ask ourselves like why am I saying no to myself right, right now? Like, why am I saying no to this? Like right. so many times we're just like, like no almost becomes like a, a habitual like pattern for us. It becomes mm -hmm. this like, oh, if you want to go do this, no, I'm too tired or no, I don't want to go out or no. Like we just, and I think a lot of us, even after COVID, like no became like a much more, we just said no to everything because- yes because yes, yes yes we, we said, said no, no to everything <laughs> she can't even say no she's like yes to that <laughs> but um but you know we we became so insular and then like even getting back out there like I still sometimes feel like I'm saying no more frequently than I said pre-COVID because not because I'm scared of anything anymore mm -hmm. but because I went so inward mm -hmm. like so isolated that it was it was hard to get back out but in life in general, we just like, we have to question the no's. We have to question why are we limiting ourselves? Yes. Why are we limiting ourselves? Mm -hmm. The world and other humans are going to do that enough. Mm -hmm. Why, why do it to yourself? And then again, why do it to somebody else either? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the first year that I was with Lou and you know, I'm, I'm exploring life. I was getting ready to turn 50. Mm-hmm. And as I was sort of unpacking my, you know, my previous marriage too, like th that man was so, I felt he was embarrassed by me, hmm. but that's not true, right? What hmm. was true was that he was ashamed of his own shortcomings, the ways in which he held himself back. Hmm. And then he put that on me and I was, I was taking that and I was just like, this is never happening to me again. Like I never, you know, thankfully I, that's not my, you know, current yeah. dynamic. Like my, my husband's probably my biggest cheerleader. Right? Oh my like gosh. Every, every <laughs> idea I have, you know, we were driving down the road one time and um, I had, we had driven out and this was during COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we had gone and I wanted to climb this waterfall and he sleeps 
during the day, right? He's awake overnight, so we have these opposite schedules. He has delayed onset sleep phase syndrome. And all y'all out there who are neurodivergent, you just embrace that diversity. Mm. There is nothing wrong with you, but the world is not kind to night owls. No. Um, but we've learned to make it work for us. Mm-hmm. So he hops in the car, falls asleep, and I go wherever it is I want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'd seen this like busted. Da- I love old falling down buildings. You know, mm-hmm. I love them. And I'd, I'd driven past this like several times. And we were coming back from going to, from, you know, going to hike this waterfall that I wanted to go see. And I pull over on the side of the road and he was sleeping again and he kind of wakes up. And I was just like, I want you to take my picture. And he was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the building is only back like maybe 10, 15 feet from the road. I'm like, also pretty sure I'm going to be naked. And he <laughs> looks around and he looks around and rather than like my ex would have been like, oh my God, people are going to see you. So I'm going to like all those. Right? Yeah. And he looks at me and he looks, he goes, he goes kind of dirty. I'll hold your pants. Like, you see, <laughs> yeah, this is all that. I want, right? Yeah. So I'm getting ready to turn 50. Mm-hmm. And I am thinking 62 is 12 years off now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm not wishing that on my I am living my life like I'm going to live to be 112 mm-hmm. and, you know, full of my faculties. But like what didn't I, what haven't I done mm-hmm. that I want to do? And I created this last 40 days of my forties bucket list. Ooh. And I wrote it up as a little blog, like those kind of things. And I, I, so I wrote it all down for myself and yeah, I think I, I think I did see I, that. I bet you saw some of it. Yeah. I put a lot of it on Instagram, not on Facebook, because yeah. that was before I wasn't quite all the way with like letting people, cause my friends, my family, my colleagues are on Facebook and mm-hmm. It's slightly more yeah. professional, you know, like whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and I was like, what do I want to do? What haven't I done that I want to do? I wanted to get my nose pierced and mm-hmm. I'd been terrified of it. And I don't know the pain or just like people's opinions? The pain. Oh. I, was afraid, <laughs> I, was afraid, I had something wrong with my nose at one point. I had to have a shot in my nose to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have rather that they did, they would have just sliced my nose off or something without mm. that shot. It hurt so bad. It didn't hurt at all when I got my nose. No, I can't like... believe I waited 20 years to do this. Yeah. Um, I wanted to dance on a bar, mm-hmm. right? I wanted to, I didn't have a will. I needed to make, like I had all of these things mm-hmm. and I wanted to take belly dance classes and then dance in public. And I did that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's Lou filming the whole thing. It's all, you know, everything. Like, Go ahead, baby. Yeah. Do all of these things. And we did all, I, I did all of these things that I didn't want to turn 50, not having done them yet. Mm-hmm. And I just keep going. So did you do all 40? I did all 40 things. Mm-hmm. I actually gave myself a list of like 45 or 46 in case I couldn't do something. Mm-hmm. And then I gave myself two bonuses. One was a hot air balloon ride. Still haven't done that. I just saw a hot air balloon the other day. My son, my son was asking about it. He yeah. was like, mom, there's a hot air balloon. He's like, would you ever do that? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And he was like, I would like, would you? And he's like, no, that looks very scary. <laughs> I think it is, right? It's a little wobbly and everything. It's like, like a little just, basket and a hot air balloon floating in the sky. And set ourselves on fire. I don't know. <laughs> and the other one was to see Hamilton, which we actually did get to do. Um, yeah. When we were in Chicago. nice that was excellent yeah what did you like when you went through that whole list was there something that you kind of took away from it or that you kind of like learned about yourself through that process 
that there isn't any reason why I can't live every day like that. So that when I'm about to turn 60, I don't need the last 50 days of my fifties list. Mm. So that if I want to do something, I can make it happen. I can make it happen now to today. Yeah. How, so this is interesting because a lot of what I talk about is, you know, the overcoming obstacles and problem solving and like figuring things out. Like what, what do you go through? Like, what do you think gets you to that place of like, I, I could be like, you know, like, I don't know, like, let's fly to LA, you know, or let's go to this concert or let's do this thing. Like where, how, where do you go? when you like have something like what is how does your mind what is go what goes on in your mind like how do you get into act like what happens here like you there's something you hold it out there you're like I'm gonna do this thing and then so I call it my internal fuck it button mm. and I just push the fuck it button um do I have a savings account nope <laughs> <laughs> you know but um it, it's like this blend of being responsible and fuck it like, what's mm. the worst that could happen? I don't have a savings account. Do I have a retirement? Yes, I'm very responsible. I, you know, I've had my job for 24 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, that kind of, I'm responsible. I do have a retirement. Mm-hmm. I've paid into Social Security, whether or not that exists. So, like, you know, I'm not going to be destitute. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I've watched other people. Like, my brother didn't live his life because he was like, no, I need to be saving for my retirement and I need to save for my kids' college. I need to save for this and I need to save for that. And he lost it all in an IRS mistake. Mm. He he never traveled and took vacations with his kids. You know, I went everywhere with my kid on a shoestring. Like even the, I was broke back then. I mean, broke back then. But we camp. Like we hop in the car. If I could drive there, we'd go. We'd camp. We'd, you know, we'd talk to people. We'd find out what's going on. Like, I, and we have so many memories and my son talks about that to this day. You know, he's got PTSD from a really bad deployment in the military and they want to talk about his childhood. And he was just like, I'm really sorry to disappoint you, but my mom was amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I try not that I'm sure I didn't fuck him up in some way. Like I think every mom, like there, the reality is, is every mom has unhealed parts of her absolutely like even if you did all the most work that you could mm-hmm. possibly ever do before yep. you had a kid like we all have unhealed parts of us which we means do. that we are doing something to our child that is eventually going to make them think like wow like that was kind of shitty of my mom right yeah but like that's just the reality but we are imperfect humans yes. raising imperfect humans absolutely. which means there's going to be mistakes but what i do want them to know is I did the best I could with what I knew at the time, mm-hmm. right? That, and I did. And now, I, I mean, that's, I, 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 w- I think it was Brene Brown. I, re- I do a lot of Brene Brown. I yeah. really love her and all that shame work mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, mean, I think, I think you, me, and probably like most of my audience are like, right? go Brene. Go <laughs> Brene, right? And you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse mm-hmm. and that can really lump some shame on you. Mm-hmm. And her work with shame has, you know, transformed my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somewhere I'd read like, there are all kinds of things we can be addicted to, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also be addicted to the shame and the guilt, to guilting and shaming yourself. Mm, yeah, yes. Which then keeps you from actually doing something about it because you're so attached to telling that story of the mm. guilt and the shame that you 
that you don't do something. This, this is so important. This is so important because we don't realize how attached we become to that story. Yes. We don't realize how like the problem isn't that like, like we can't get through it. It's that we subconsciously don't want to get through right. it. Because by telling myself that story and that being my truth, mm -hmm. I don't have to do those scary things to get better or to do something different mm -hmm. or to, oh my gosh, fail. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I really started looking at the places in my life where I was attached to the guilt and the shame and the story mm -hmm. and changing that story. Mm. Right. Yeah. It just is like, we, we get so used to being like, well, I, you know, and I'm a, I'm an adult survivor of childhood mm -hmm. sexual abuse as well. Like it's, um, and that gets to be something that you have the opportunity to address, to do to, uh, 10 years trauma work around it to do like you know and I'm I'm currently working with a trauma therapist mm -hmm. like and and it's not easy work it's not easy work but no. it is so freeing and the reality is like I don't know if I was I, I don't necessarily think I was attached to that specific story like mm -hmm. vocalizing that story but we get you so comfortable with the responses in our body because the we're storing responses. the victim responses yep. the the accepting treatment that's less right yes the, i the, must deserve this i must deserve this kind of thing or or the overworking or the mm -hmm. overachieving because like we're just seeking for this worthiness validation see me accept me love me because you know a lot of times at least for for my story and for some other people i know it's it was the point to which like it happened and then it was kind of dismissed and the dismissal part was the the really traumatizing yes. part for me and so like in that then we then we start to try to find a way to like prove we're we're worthy of love yes and that becomes normal for us and i've talked to lots of friends that have gone through the work and like then the next person that they're they're dating that's like securely attached and healthy and loving on them that feels more uncomfortable than the yes. abuse more uncomfortable than the bad partner because it's so unfamiliar yes so we're just like oh like he's being so nice no. like he's just showing up with no drama right. like what Except is this who i am oh, oh, yes. like, yeah. and then you start yeah. you want to like run away from that because you you then the the next part of the work is then holding the tension of like integrating your worthiness mm -hmm. integrating you're worthy of that love you're worthy of the experiences that you want to go through and want to have and and that you're worthy of like showing up as you are mm -hmm. and knowing that like you will be loved and you will be accepted and yes. if someone doesn't they can be like the facebook birthday goodbye yes. you know have goodbye. a nice life somewhere else yeah <laughs> Um, so one of the things I started doing, I think, you know, sort of after all of those experiences was like asking myself, what is it that I want? And I didn't actually really know. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but then I decided that I could start by getting rid of things I knew I didn't want. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't make space, you know, you want to invite things into your life that you do want, but if you don't make space for them to show up by getting rid of what you don't want. So that's what I, that I spent like a year doing that. 
Yeah. And I, th- I think that's like, so, so many people get to that place where they're like, well, like I, I don't know what I want. Right. And that that's the only place you can start is being like, well, I objectively do not like this. I don't like this. I don't want this. Um, so that can go. And, and that has to be sometimes where the, the only thing you can do is start from that place. Um, what, so you said that that was like a year process. Of it kind was. Of like, can you tell me about that? Like what, what happened during that, that time period or anything you want to share? <laughs> sure. No, I, I, um, I changed jobs. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want my job. I didn't like my job anymore. Like after the centralization of that sort of Vicky thing, I got some really great advice um, mm-hmm. from the woman who was the the vice president of HR for, for Cornell at the time. She told me to read this book called Transitions. Mm-hmm. And it's about getting comfortable in that icky transition place mm-hmm. where you're not where you were, but you're not where you're going. Mm-hmm. And I had a repeated, lifelong, honestly, self-sabotaging habit, habit of forcing an outcome just to have one so that I didn't have to sit in that icky place. Girl, you're preaching a choir yeah. over here. <laughs> right? Where if I had been able to sit in that icky place, you know, I could have gotten a great outcome, mm-hmm. but instead I would force a bad outcome just to get out of this ick. Yeah, which which the outcome often is like a similar thing to the last outcome you had because you hadn't done the work right. of sitting in the in the transition. Yeah. Right. You're you know, you're you're with the same type of guy or you're with the same type of job. Or yes. it's like and so we we get so hopeful. We're like, oh, we're gonna throw everything into that. Mm-hmm. But back to the energy part like if you haven't done the work to attract yeah. a different kind of anything yeah. you're going to end up with the same thing because you're going to be blind to the fact that it's the same thing until you're two three six months in yes so I learned to sit in the icky place mm. and how do you how do you learn to sit like what is sitting in the icky place like what was that like for you um, so some of what I did was, like I said, I'm an overachiever, which her advice to me was show up and collect your paycheck. Don't be you don't go above and beyond right now. Mm-hmm. Do your job and do it well. Like, you know, like, don't, don't, don't just sit there like filling your thumbs, right? but yeah, but, but don't go looking for, you know, and, and wait. And I did. And in the meantime, that actually gave me breathing room in my personal life to bring in things that I wanted there, right? That's what I had Lou and, mm-hmm. and I became open to, I really thought Lou was going to be this like fling, fling, <laughs> a really wonderful, awesome fling, but I really thought it was going to be a fling. Yeah. And I really started opening myself up to what this relationship could be in mm-hmm. my life, which was a growing thing for him too, honestly. Like we were, we were, we were storming, norming, performing together there, you know, mm-hmm. at that time. And what did we both want? And I, um, I, I mentioned I had started taking belly dancing classes mm-hmm. and this is during this time. Uh, and I, I, I signed, I'd always loved burlesque. I saw Whiskey Tango burlesque like 10, 15 years ago at this point. So just so people know, the Whiskey Tango is like the lo- our local in town, Ithaca, like burlesque. And yes. it's and it's beautiful and it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. And the, the women, fierce, are, 
fabulous. And it's like all it's of these like things. not just like small town. These women are sensational, and there's always this like really fun, cool theme with the yes, whole shows. I've seen them a couple of times too because I remember when I moved Wonderful, to town, right? I was like, I need to see the burlesque show. They're amazing, <laughs> right? And actually, we actually live in a burlesque rich area, but. So one of them, Danielle St. Velvet, she taught like it was going to be like a an eight week class in burlesque at my belly dance studio, and I signed up for it. Been mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll learn to you know whatever, mm-hmm. and shimmy shimmy shake, shimmy, yeah. shimmy shake, whatever. It's it's dance class, yeah. you know. I enjoy dance class. It brings me joy. It brought me joy. Dance class brought me joy mm-hmm. in a way that I did not expect. And so I just kind of, I kept leaning into those things where like, that feels like joy. Mm. That's, that's what joy feels like. Do that. Mm-hmm. And I went to the first class and it was, I mean, it was so cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said, okay. And so our, our graduation uh, is this little group of women. It was a men and they's and them's and everybody does burlesque though mm-hmm. the burlesque is such a welcoming community mm-hmm. but I was in a this was a small group of women and she said you'll be opening for the whiskey tango show at the haunt in January hmm. and I went what the fuck you yeah, know what? <laughs> I went home to, to my husband I wasn't married yet anyway I went home to, and I was just like uh <laughs> I don't know what just happened here. I'm not sure I'm going back next week. And he was just like, you know, you don't have to, you know, just, yeah. You loved it though, right? I'm like, yeah, I did. So I, I so I was leaning into that. And so that was January 2020 mm-hmm. when we performed. And I got up there on that stage and with uh and I I did my little burlesque number and I loved it. And Lou said to me afterwards, he said, I I know you love belly dance and your your belly dance community, but I have never seen you light up the mm-hmm. way I saw you light up on that stage tonight. And if mm. any part of you wants to keep doing this, I really encourage you to. Like I and I was just like, um, I'm going to. And I've been doing burlesque ever since. I started burlesque at 50. I'm still yes. doing burlesque. Obviously, I'm a plus size burlesque dancer. I'm all of these things, but just like leaning into things that bring me joy mm-hmm. and letting go of things that don't. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of parts of this. I love, I love burlesque. I love yeah. you embracing your body, you know, you being a plus size burlesque dancer, yeah. which is like you giving permission, like anybody, anybody yes. is welcome, right? Like you, it's an, ex- it's an expression of you dance sexuality yeah, like sex woman can't be sexy go watch me dance yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um but just this the, the other way thing that I really noted was the way that Lou supported you because a there's a lot of guys that would not be like yeah I'd love to see my future wife up there sexy dancing on stage half naked right by before, but like yeah. but like some guys wouldn't even be able to like no. handle that sort of exposure, right? And it's very classy. It's beautiful. It's artistic, it right? It's 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 it really is a work of art to see burlesque. But then, like the way that he just like was like, yes, if it like acknowledge yes. the way you lit up, acknowledge like how it was for you, and was so encouraging, mm-hmm. is really beautiful. It is beautiful, and we we. I often go to shows and I 
I'm one of the only performers there that their partner is there watching them. Wow. And he shows up and he's got an outline of my butt on a t-shirt, you yeah. know, <laughs> all of these things. But yeah. And we've, we've sat with, I've, I've been in classes with women whose partner won't let them perform. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I've chosen, I'm not going to be in a relationship where let me is a mm-hmm. thing for me or to him. Yeah. He, I'm never going to be like, you can't do this. If, I still get to make my own choices. He chooses to do something and that's not going to work for me in my life. Then I wish you all the happiness in the world. That, this That's so important. But I'll, but I have to choose for me too. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't. And, and I say the same thing to you have to live your, you have to live the life that's going to make you happiest. And if that means it can't be with me, mm-hmm. I still want your greatest good, your greatest happiness. I'm going to wish you happiness, even if it can't mm. be with me. And I, I want the same thing from him, right? Like he shouldn't have to compromise himself to be with me. And I shouldn't have to compromise who I am to be with him. And we should mm. grow and, and be together, which doesn't mean we have to like all the same things and do all the same things and be codependent. No, we get to, you know, right. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think in the acknowledgement, because so many times and and it's more pervasive with women because we've been socialized to do it right yes to like to accommodate to accommodate somebody and so we so often just like shove ourselves down or make ourselves smaller or just say accept 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 I can't do this I can't be this I can't try this thing because somebody else doesn't want me to Mm -hmm. and we also hold on to the idea that like that like a quality marriage or a quality relationship equals a long time. Yes. Like, I agree. Like, oh, you've been together for 30 years. Like, we're so proud of you. Or you've like been like, but no, like the, the relationship, mm-hmm. like the marriage is a higher level commitment, but it doesn't, I don't believe it means that we have to, for the rest of our lives, never, ever leave. And, and not to I say agree. that like, that's, this is obviously not where you're at with your husband, but it's really right. giving right. like women permission to be like you know what because I want to is enough of a reason yes because I want to like and and it no longer serves me and we're Marie Kondoing this part of my life and and like this marriage no longer serves me and it doesn't need to be justified Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be justified We we all get to make those choices and say like I don't want to be small in this relationship anymore right and that's saying behind every great man is a great woman no Mm -hmm. like i will lift up my Mm -hmm. husband i will like i am his biggest fan but i will lift him up from beside him Mm -hmm. right and same with him i don't expect Mm -hmm. i don't expect to be out in front of him or him like we we walk together right Mm -hmm. and well we also walk on our own Mm -hmm. right like we are you're not like linked and holding each other up you're just walking well, if you see us we probably are but you yeah, know what I mean? like, yeah like, no, just be like that you are cut yeah. noodling together it felt like that's fine that's great it's beautiful i love that yeah. i'm a big pda girl myself like oh, huge fan yeah big fan <laughs> yeah so i just i i don't know so that's and i i don't i don't want to give the impression that like I am determined to live a big life, a full, juicy, gorgeous mm. life. I really am. That doesn't mean my life is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it's not. Mm-mm. I mean, even as you've watched my journey at any given time, there's so, probably something horrible going on. You know, my mom is dying of, you know, Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and, but I also try to, to look at that and see like, what's in this for me? Like, what is there here for me to learn? I'm a big believer in putting good out into the world. People think I'm nice. I tell people all the time, I'm not nice. Fuck with me. Find out. You know what I mean? Like, but I am kind. Mm-hmm. I believe in kindness. <laughs> I believe in putting good out into the world. Um, which doesn't mean I'm nice. <laughs> I'm really bitchy sometimes. But, <laughs> um, and you know, and I believe in in gratitude. You know, and sort of the power of gratitude and positive psychology. I'm like, I, I'm a big believer in the science behind that and rewiring your brain for positivity, not for resiliency in the way that like we must suck it up and just drive on all the time, mm-hmm. but like the ways in which we respond to problem solving, like this sucks, like this sucks and beyond the telling of it, but I can handle it. I don't, mm-hmm. I maybe don't want to handle it, but I, I will, you know, I think that's more like acceptance, yeah. right? It's like an acceptance of what is it's moving through in a way that feels not just like um a toxic resiliency or like a pushing exactly through or like toxic gonna, positivity toxic resiliency. Yeah, where yeah. I'm like where I'm like hurting myself essentially to move through the situation but it's a it's a just recognition like I'm going to accept this situation as what it is because there's not much there's not much you can do about mm-hmm. your mom's progress right now right yeah. there's, there's not much you can change about that and it's not that you have to harden yourself to the, mm-hmm. the, the circumstance and just make your way through. It's right. that you can accept it with love and find a way, find a way to still find the joy yeah. in this moment, the times that are left, yeah. what's happening, right? So I know I had, been, I had planned this big 50th year trip mm-hmm. for myself and Luke. Um, and I had wanted to go to Bali. I had tried to go before. Um, I was going to do a solo trip. I was married at the time to my ex-husband. I was going to do this solo trip. Um, he was deploying with the military and I was going to do the solo trip to Bali. It said I got divorced and I had to use the money to get divorced. No, so no, it happens, yeah. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to go to Bali again and I've got this whole trip planned and we are getting ready to go. And we were supposed to leave on Sunday and it was that Friday that we all got sent home to work, you know, to work for two weeks and we'd all come back and the world shut down Mm -hmm. and my trip to Bali was canceled, right? It was supposed to leave in two days. And I was so sad. Mm -hmm. I I was sad, right? That same night, my mom took a big turn and fell and hit her head really badly. Mm -hmm. And uh there was this nurse where who was taking care of her nurse bobby wherever you are i still adore you he called every all the way up to the owner of the facility to get me permission to come in and be with my mom because covid right just starting we knew nothing we were all terrified and um so he did that they gave me permission i had hospice and all of those things already in place and Mm -hmm. and three days later into the pandemic my mom died but I was with her we were listening to Elvis and I was holding her hand and that day I was most grateful for that canceled trip to Bali Mm. because I was able to be with my mother as she transitioned it's the and I wouldn't have been yeah it's the 
the good or bad. Have you heard that story? Good or bad? Who can, t- who yes. can say, who right? Can say. Yeah. And, and for everything, it's always that it's good or bad. So three days earlier, I thought it was the worst thing, you know, mm-hmm. and three days later, it was my, it was my gratitude for the day. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. So obviously you and Lou got married as we, we all figured out. Yes, how, we did. Would you tell me how that happened? <laughs> so we were in, I was uh, traveling. I think I was, I was speaking at the Educause National Conference. I'm in IT. And I was mm-hmm. speaking at the Educause National Conference. It was one of my last 40 days of my 40s thing. Speaking at the National Conference, here I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were in, we were in Denver, Colorado. And we had rented a car and we were up on top of Pikes Peak because I wanted to try. See, this is the thing. I want to try something. Lou's like, whatever, here we go. And I wanted to try high altitude donuts that I had heard about. Big fan of donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and high altitude donuts. And they make them on top of Pikes Peak. Plus, you know, it's Pikes Peak and it's great and all of those mm-hmm. things. So we're up there and we get high altitude donuts and we're doing the whole Pikes Peak thing. We both have a little bit of altitude sickness. Like it's yeah. really high. And um, he asked me to marry him with a donut. <laughs> and I said yes, thinking he was joking, right? Because at You're that like, point, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, we'd only known each other for two months or something, two months, two a month, a month, two months. We'd known each other two months, and he asked me to marry him. And I was like, yes. And my whole family's freaking out and all those kind of things. And uh, and I don't know. Seven months after that, we got married. Like we hadn't even known each other a year when we got married. Mm. Um, but how long have you been married now? It'll be five years in January. Yeah. yeah. And so he asked me to marry him with a donut. I thought he was joking. Yeah, because you're like, you're like, this dude after a couple months. Right? He's like, you're like, sure yeah, my donut ring. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, and, you know, then we got the yes tattoos, mm-hmm. like, in December. And then in January, we decided to get married. Um, This is the year before COVID. So it's 2019. We got married. And um, neither one of us are really big into no shade to all y'all that want to do that but like into the pageantry of weddings yeah the whole yeah. he had been married before I had <laughs> been married before a couple of times couldn't really get it right um so we were playing Pokemon and there's something called an EX raid that you, you have to be invited to you know like so people get invited to an EX raid and you show up to do the raid so we told like three of our friends um that we were going to get married Whoever showed up for the EX raid was at our wedding. We got mm-hmm. married and then we did the Pokemon raid and we went out poke hunting. And then we took like what we would have spent on a wedding and we did a, you know, a trip to Puerto Rico to see his mom and, you know, he's Puerto Rican and Panamanian. And then we went to the, to the Virgin Islands, um, for, for the second week. Mm. So that's, yeah. I just, I really believe that you can manifest things. I, I really do. I think, mm. But I also think you have to be specific with the universe, right? Yeah. So you can't just be like, I want something different. The universe will give you something different, but it might not be what you want. Like you yeah. have to be specific with the universe when you're manifesting. And so like a really good example of like how I how I approach like life and traveling. So we're going to the to we're staying in St. Thomas. I really wanted to go to Yost Van Dyke which mm-hmm. is in the British Virgin Islands. And Lou had just gotten his passport so we could go. And I wanted to go to Foxy's bar and I wanted to see Foxy Callwood. Um, he's been knighted for bringing tourism to the British Virgin Islands. He's, uh, he's a great a great guy. 
from a Kenny Chesney song. And I'm not even a big country music fan, but I love Kenny Chesney. So there's Kenny Chesney's song about Foxy's Fire Water Rum and Foxy's Bar and all this kind of stuff. I just wanted to see Foxy. Lou. All right, love, whatever. And so we took this boat ride. We're going to take this boat. And I'm saying to Lou and to the universe, I just want to see him. He doesn't have to sing a song. He doesn't have to do anything. See him and I'll be happy, right? So as we're leaving, we're waiting to get on our little boat with some other people for the day and everything. Um, the captain was asking, you know, why we chose this? And I'm like, Foxy, Kenny Chesney. And he goes, that's Kenny Chesney's yacht right there. What? What? Put <laughs> my butt down there, yeah. right? My Lou follows me and I'm taking pictures and these two guys show up and um, I'm taking photos with the yacht that they're getting ready to like untie and everything. And Kenny Chesney is in St. Thomas. He has a mm. house on St. Whatever. And I'm like, this is so cool. I wish he'd come out on the boat, but he, whatever. So back I go over to Yosemite and back. Okay, this story's getting too long. So we get to Foxy's. There's a whole bunch of people on the boat. They only want to go to White Bay. So they don't even want to stay on the boat. So they get off and they take a taxi over there. We get off, we go to Foxy's. While we're there, Kenny Chesney's boat pulls in and there's Kenny hanging out on the back of his boat. Uh, and I am like, right? <laughs> Obnoxiousness can be fangirling all over the place. <laughs> we go into Foxy's. I don't see him anywhere. So I say to Lou, I got to pee. Um, get us a couple of drinks and mm -hmm. whatever. So as I'm going to go pee, I see this guy standing there. Clearly looks like he works there. You know, maybe maybe a bouncer, maybe whatever. And I was like, is Foxy here today? And see, this is what I think. You got to ask for what you want. Boom. Yes. You got to ask. <laughs> What's the worst they're going to say? No? Okay, yes. go on about your day. I was like, is Foxy here? And he goes, he's up those stairs right there. And I go, for serious, right? Like he could, right? Yeah, he goes, yeah, he's up those stairs right there. Here's me. Because there's like a gate. Can I go up those stairs? <laughs> he goes, yeah. for a kiss, you can. And I was like, okay, but I got to take a picture of it to show my husband, right? Like that. And so he like kissed me on my forehead after yeah, that, yeah. right? And Lou came over mm -hmm. and I was just like, this guy says Foxy's up those stairs and I can go up those stairs. You're going to come up those stairs with me? And so we go up there and it's like, it's like the top half of Foxy, it's an old house, basically the bars downstairs. It's like the front half of the house just, it doesn't exist anymore. So it's like three walls. Foxy's sitting there with some guy in some old, old lawn chairs up there. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the, it's a friend of his, he'd come over from Tortuga for the day mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, hey, I'm doing the whatever. And he sings a song. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not here for you, like you to entertain me. I just wanted to meet you. Yeah. Like, I think you're this great human putting good out into the world. He had done all of this work for the islands after the hurricanes, mm -hmm. which got him and Lou talking mm -hmm. about, because Lou did a bunch of um, fundraisers for Puerto Rico and mm -hmm. things like that. And so they're chatting. So the next thing I know, not that I just get to see Foxy from across the bar. Now I'm hanging out with him. Now I'm sitting in a lawn chair. <laughs> now, sorry about this. It's We live in New York State. It's legal. Now Foxy's passing me the blunt. Yeah. yeah. And I don't smoke. Mm -hmm. and, but I'm like, but when Foxy passes you the blunt, mm -hmm. you smoke that yeah, day, right? Little, 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 right? Little, we're hanging. We run down. We get rum. I come back up. Foxy signs my rum. And like, it was the most magical mm. afternoon of asking for what I wanted. Yeah, I think there's like 
two really important things that you said in this. And the one is the being specific, the being specific. And, and people hear this all the time. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, really, you need really? to be specific yeah. because I've manifested things that were like, you want to manifest a person like, oh, I want a nice person. And you manifest a nice person, but you weren't specific. And so right. like, they actually don't want to take you out very much or something, right? right? Like, <laughs> or like you want more money and like someone hands you a dollar and you got more money, got more like, money. right? Like, and so it's in the specificity, but it's also in the, the action. And I love, like there's, I'm listening to you and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're like a sister from another mister because there's so many things you've said. First off, we're both Scorpios people. Yes. Secondly, Scorpios Libra, are fair. Right. Moving <laughs> over. Uh, the thing is that about being, being um, kind, but not nice is exactly mm -hmm. how I describe myself. I'm like, I am not nice. I'm not a nice person, but I am kind. I am, I am kind. kind. And so my birthday month is October, right? So I'm a Halloween mm -hmm. baby. So I start from October 1st and I do random acts of, I do random acts of kindness all year long, but I do a concentrated amount in my birthday month for however old I'm going to be that mm. year. And so every year I do that. I mean, I'm, I'm almost done for this year and this year it's 54. So, mm -hmm. um, 54 random acts of kindness. And I do things like, it's oh, so cool. I love that. Know, and I try not to let anybody poop on my party. So I stopped posting them to the internet because trolls suck, right? They're, you're just doing this for attention. Oh my gosh. I, but I can't even tell you, they're like, you're like, I don't like, I ha I have this one troll on, on my page that like every time I post like an inspirational quote or something, yeah. like he yells at me for not talking more about the economy or the terrible things in the oh, world. Okay. And I'm like, um, I, that's like, so that's supposed to cure the problem, right? like less inspiring stuff, more sad talk. Thank you. But yeah, need, but go doom scroll somewhere else. Yeah. You're not going to find that here. Yeah. I'm like, uh, this is not, this page is not for or you. Or the people who are like, one of my favorite things to do is to buy the coffee of the person in line behind Yeah, I love me. doing that, yeah. And people are like, don't do that. Those people can clearly afford to buy their coffee. Give the money to people who need food. I already do that. Thank you very much. And just because you can afford to buy your coffee, does that mean you don't deserve some kindness in your day? You know how happy people are? I, I do this a lot of times, like if I'm in the line at Dunkin' or something. Thank um, you. And, and I do it because there was a point in my life where I couldn't even afford to buy a cup of coffee. Same. Right? Like I I I remember Ray distinctly. This was like when I'm, you know, I was a, a single mom and yes. I'm still a single mom, but like I was a newly single mom. I was running my bakery. Like I just had no, 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 no money. Right? And I remember looking and I wanted to get it, buy a cup of coffee and I didn't have the three dollars or whatever it was in my account to buy a cup of coffee and I just remember how low that felt yes right how low that felt and I know the people behind me can afford it right but like it is more of just like this recognition that like I want to share in my abundance and what I have and how I can and just the joy that it brings somebody that yes couldn't already afford it but like it's the joy that it brings that person in their right. day and you know the other thing is it's not just you know, the positive mm -hmm. psychology, like research shows that you doing it, yes, absolutely the gratitude and the sharing that, but like the people who experience or, or witness it get the same effects. Mm -hmm. So like the better sleep and the, you know, the improved performance and all of those, like, 
they get that from so like the 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 cashier who gets to tell the person they've got the free mm-hmm. coffee and make their day now there's a little like a little break like, yeah. you know like i just i don't know i had a moment like that too i was also a single mom for a really long time mm-hmm. like 15 years um and we were driving past mcdonald's my son was little maybe three four something like that and he wanted a happy meal and at that time they were like three dollars and 15 cents yeah. and i didn't have it yeah and i can remember just like crying in the front seat not trying not to let him see me having to say no to a happy meal yeah. and just being like there, there's been a lot of low moments in that yeah. for me and like I remember one time I came home and with and me and my best friend were both waiting tables at the time yeah. and I just went into my kitchen and I was I started bawling because I didn't have any money yeah. I just bawling for I didn't have any money for my kids like I didn't have any money for groceries and mm-hmm. my best friend who didn't have a lot of money at the time either took all of her money out of her purse she had just made from that night and yeah. put it on the countertop and was like here go buy groceries like it's just like we like tying it into the beginning of this conversation that like we don't know what us putting a post um on facebook or instagram or whatever can do for somebody we don't know how a small little act of kindness can shift something for somebody um and that it's just in that energy it's in that energy of like putting more kindness out into the world doing more good in the world and then emboldening ourselves to like you said ask the question mm-hmm. ask the question because i think that's where a lot of people get stuck is that they want to do something they they're thinking about it but they won't make the call or ask the question or send the email or put themselves out there because we're so afraid that somebody says no so but like right, it's like it so doesn't right. even it doesn't even matter because yeah. in this the story you were telling about about being able to, you know, go up there, have the experience you had because you just asked this guy that was standing at the bottom <laughs> of the stairs if he was up there. Yep. Yeah. And can I go up there? And yeah. like that, a lot of times for people is so uncomfortable that they won't it even is. do it. And so like, if you can just go out there and ask a few more questions and be brave enough to just be like, I'm just going to throw it out there. I've got, I've done a lot of things by just being like, hey, will you sit down to coffee and talk to me about this thing? Or, hey, would you be willing to show me, you know, how you do this thing? Like, most people say yes. I want to say most people really do. Most people say yes, or they're very kind about it, or they give you a nice answer, or they politely say no, and then you go bow. You keep going. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's how I like to live. Yeah. Which doesn't mean my life is perfect. No, and nobody's, nobody, yeah, nobody's life is perfect nobody's life will ever be perfect and it is pursuing your joy your own personal Mm -hmm. fulfillment in living a human experience yes yeah so let's talk about that so I have my right so my father um my mom died right and so my father has never spoken to my husband hmm it's estranged my family and now he's dying of congestive heart failure Mm. and he needs me and I am mad at him Mm -hmm. I don't think he deserves me and at the same time he's my dad right Mm -hmm. what do I do with that how do I what do I do with all those two sets of feelings right and Lou Lou's I'm I'm really fortunate but you know, he said, I, I, I don't, I don't care about your dad. Right. And he shouldn't, 
The man's never spoken to him. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say it's because he's Puerto Rican, but we're not going to not say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's never spoken to him. And he's like, I don't care about him. He's like, but I do care about you. Mm-hmm. And I know you're not going to be okay unless you do what you think is right, mm-hmm. which means in whatever way you need to care for your dad, you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he deserves it, you need to do what feels right to you. Yeah. Uh, I right. Just, I, I I love this, and I I don't want this to be true, but it yeah. is right. And but like within that, like I many 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 things you said about how your relationship with Lou is. I really wish some people, you know, people listen to that, like listen mm-hmm. to this, like in this, like it, you know, he has no reason to be nice about this, right? Oh. He doesn't, but he knows how he wants you to be able to experience this in the way that's best for you. So that at the end, you're feeling good and not regretting the way right. that that happened. And right. he can have that panned out, uh, response and experience with it to like encourage that for you which Mm -hmm. like if people can hear this is also for him yes right because as the partner as the husband as that that person you want both of you to be happy and (laughs) And by and healthy and by that is this emotional intelligent reaction to this and being like I want you to feel the best you can Mm -hmm so that we can be the best that we can, which ultimately will be great for him too, because yes. everybody's going to feel good about you feeling good about your experience with your father in his last days. Yes. Um, I want to just like kind of round this conversation out with that, like with this mm-hmm. like story um, and ask you if there's anything you want to say to people that might be listening and thinking like, I don't know if I can give myself that kind of permission or I don't know how to start or I don't know where to begin to like start living my life more fully. So here's the thing. No one has to give you permission, even you. Hmm. You, you are, you, oh, you are, you exist, you are. And trust me, the universe wants your highest good for you. Mm -hmm. So get out there and get it I, I just people who call me brave mm. annoy me I really don't like it wow. I don't like that word brave mm. because it's actually a backhanded insult in some ways especially mm. when it comes to like I post a burlesque picture you're so brave I could never do that what does that mean mm-hmm. like unpack that what does that mean mm. I'm old. I'm fat. I should not be showing off my body. You couldn't do it. You're inside yourself that you got to be brave to do that. If you look like that, you got to be brave to put Mm. yourself out there. Wow. Go have a nice life somewhere else. Right. So I really don't like that word brave. Um, and I, I don't like thinking of myself as brave either. I'm not brave. Half the time I'm scared. Right. Or uh, people like to say I'm fearless. And I just don't think I'm fearless. I just think you should fear space less mm. and live. Um, and we've talked about like, I'm, I'm currently on a journey right now. You know, I always use my hashtags, right? Hashtag soul questing, hashtag unfuck mm-hmm. yourself, 
hashtag rewild your life. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm about. Not about permission or being brave, but like, where's the joy? I just went through a really bad period during the pandemic. My son, um, uh, I mentioned he had a very bad deployment with the mm-hmm. military mm-hmm. at very bad, has severe PTSD. And during the pandemic, when I couldn't get to him, tried to kill himself. Mm. And then we struggled with severe suicidal ideation for about 10 months. And I, as a parent, didn't want to feel that. Even with everybody's watching me live my life loud and out there and all of those things. And this is also going on for me at the same time. And I I didn't want to feel it. I am a person who eats their feelings. I gained 90 pounds in those 10 mm-hmm. months. My blood pressure was through the roof. My health was not okay. I got my son stabilized, right? But like all of this is happening and and I can't get to him. I can't like go bubble wrap him and mm-hmm. you know sit on any of these things. And we all got through it, thankfully. And I was listening to Brene Brown. Mm. Mm. our girl Brene will mess up your day <laughs> and she was talking about vulnerability mm-hmm. and this was last year and she said the thing about numbing whether it's through food sex drugs alcohol you know whatever your thing is we can't selectively numb so if we're numbing yes. that pain we're also numbing the joy mm-hmm the love, the, all of these things. Oh, talk about a bad afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I sobbed and, and I let that sink in. And so I've been on that journey for the last year again, unnumbing, right. And still living and I'm working on my own health mm-hmm. now. I'm working on my health and my well being, and, and coming back from that place mm-hmm. So all of these things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. Something horrible can be happening and you could still be in the best romantic relationship of your life. Mm-hmm. And there can be a global pandemic also happening at the same time. <laughs> and you could still be learning and growing as a person or experimenting with sourdough bread or still doing burlesque in your living room or, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, it's it's that. that that we don't have to like we don't have to because something terrible is happening, we don't have to not find joy or not yes. be able to to experience it or feel like we have to things have to be all around terrible for us to give like proper, I don't know, grievances or proper attention to something terrible. It doesn't mean we have to like stop doing things that make us happy to like honor that the part the terrible right. right there's like it 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 can be both and I think it's really important that part about numbing which is the a realization that I've come to as well right that that like I want to have like the extreme joy so I have to feel the extreme sorrow and yes. that is the 50 50 of life that is the both things that are happening at all times and no matter what right and and I also love this idea, like I never heard someone talk about brave the way that you just did, right? Like, like that, I was like, whoa, like that is because you think of it, if you pan out from that, like you were saying, like I'm out here 
just as myself existing. doing existing and doing something that I like mm-hmm. and somebody else's response of how it's so brave is mm-hmm. about their insecurities but it's also about how they see what I'm doing and yes. how I shouldn't be doing that yeah. because that's not really okay or appropriate right wow like I'm just like it's it, true. You do not need permission to exist. And it, and, and you're just like, exist. I'm just existing, doing things I like. I talk to strangers. I'm not an extrovert though. So I don't adopt them and keep them. I just have great <laughs> moments with them. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think you saw like my, our, our trip to Italy that mm-hmm. we just did. Like it was amazing. Right. It was every, everywhere in Italy. Yeah, and I was there. like liking them all and being like, I want to eat that. And that looks awesome. <laughs> I'm going to try this. I'm going to climb a volcano. I'm going to ride the chairlift. I'm going to do these things. And, and I'm going to do those things. Mm-hmm. I really am. I'm going to sing in public. And Lou always asked me to dance. If somebody, like I'm going to dance. So I'm going to do those things. Mm-hmm. or when we were just in new jersey where i finally years it took me because lou doesn't really like pizza to get to go to the pizza place where um uh, you know the first rap record mm-hmm. happened and i turned it on and i'm dancing and i'm singing mm-hmm. and the next thing i know the pizza guy's like you come on back here and do that and now i'm back there making pizza Have yeah a great I know. It's, so, so, it's so good it's so That's good me. guys if you do not, you just need to like hop on her Instagram or Facebook and it's so much, it's so much fun. It's, I, I love, I love it. Thank you. I love watching you. Um, I think there's like two things that like, I, I don't want to call them action items, but like two things that I'm like, wow, I, I would really love to take that and incorporate it in my life. And one of those is that the the 30 days before your birthday these acts of random kindness one of my favorite like I love this idea I love it and the other part of your like uh 40 days before 40 was that 40 40? the last 40 days of my 40s the last 40 days of or the last 40 days of your 40 turning 50 right and um I'm turning 40 on November 2nd which is a birthday yeah we it's this it's amazing it's good stuff um and i'm very excited for turning 40 like i'm like yes, yes. i live my fucks mm-hmm. on a highway yeah. i'm getting into it and i but i'm like maybe i'll make a list of 40 the first 40 days of my 40s that's perfect and i'm like that i'm that's i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do a first 40 of my 40 right. and, and let's talk gonna, about it yeah sure. and you people will get to witness yes. it with me yes. i'm gonna do that so i don't dance on a bar i yes. recommend it i have danced on a bar but you know could do it again maybe we'll see what ends up on the list but so those are two like i mean like i i love both of those um as we kind of finish this up, there's there's two pieces left. The way I always end every interview is um, my down and dirty three. Yep. So, um, and also the recipe that you brought us. Yeah. Because I think old old timey recipe sharing shares not just the recipe and the food, which is so integral in celebrations and people's lives and all of that. But like the part that I really like about it is also the sharing of the story, right? And that means that anybody that takes your recipe can share the story as they're using it. So I want to start with that. What recipe will the people get? 
finished mm-hmm. Kula bread. Mm-hmm. So on my mom's side, we we're all finished. And uh, my mom could not cook. I mean, she could not. We're lucky we didn't starve. Mm-hmm. So I learned to cook. And then I learned to bake. Mm-hmm. And Kula bread was something that she would she would buy if we would go to like a Finnish um, old home days or something. Mm-hmm. She would always bring it home and she would hoard it. And so I learned to make Kula bread mm-hmm. uh, to honor my heritage, right? Because uh, not a lot of Finnish food is good, right? There's yeah. a lot of icky and <laughs> salted fish in there and stuff like that um so I learned to make kula bread and then I would also make it for my son and it's one of his favorite things and I so clearly remember like you know like when they're in elementary school and for like mother's day they have to fill out you know I love it when my mom or when I and his I love it when my mom was I love it when my mom makes me homemade bread Hmm. and to this day like when I want to warm his heart I I bake him this bread mm. um, and it's pain in the butt. Like it takes out, it's, it's a yeast bread. It takes hours, mm-hmm. but it's different than anything, you know, that you've had. It's denser. They eat it in the morning. It's got cardamom in it. So it's like, oh, yeah, warm. Love yeah. so that whole Norwegian, you know, area of hygiene, that sort of like mm-hmm. comfort thing. Yeah. So it's a comforting bread and I make it for people that I love to show them that I love them. Yeah. So we can all make it for people we yeah, love make it and talk love. about leaving yeah. our fucks on the highway. Yes. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> and then the down and dirty three. Okay. So the first one is what is a quote that has profoundly impacted your life? Um, that there that I have witnessed sadness in the world, but there is a specific sadness that comes from watching a woman slowly lose herself. Mm. That. And that, I've lost myself more than once and I'm determined to never do that again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that one just can... Or anything by Brene Brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um well on that no what is the book that you think everybody should read anything by Brene Brown but um The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Mark Manson yes which is one of the things that first turned me on to her because I saw her her post about that book um and then the last thing is what are three words you would use to describe your most extraordinary life unfuck yourself Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. soul busting Thank you so much for this. I think with a lot of glitter. Yeah, with a lot of glitter. <laughs> splash glitter and all that. A lot of glitter. Um, I think so many people are going to get so much from this conversation. So, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was so excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And if this episode really resonated with you, if you had some aha moments or, oh my gosh, then please share this episode with a friend who could really benefit from listening and give us a five-star review telling us how this episode may change your life. Still want more? I have a few spots left in 2023 for one-on-one coaching, as well as a hybrid group program starting mid-November called From Problems to Passion Project for those beginners who want to just 
actually start the passion project in business they've been thinking about, have kind of played around with the idea of for maybe weeks, months, some people even years. Now's the time to actually get it going, get those steps in line and make a start before we get into the next year. To join, click the link below and I hope to see you all there. Much love.